politics, pop culture, and a whole bunch of other things that start with the letter P. The Mark Harvard Podcast. Who knew that optimism could sound so sarcastic? Hey, 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 welcome in to the Mark Harvard Podcast. I'm Mark, by the way, and uh, I got to tell you, we've got a lot going on on the show this week. So much happening this week. We've got some things, some things to talk about, some neat things. Also, later on, our friends from uh, Sozo Children are going to be on to talk with us. Uh, we're going to have Terry uh, Shrimsher as well as Suzanne Owens uh, going to be on with us to talk about, about that organization, all the amazing things that they do for kids in Uganda that uh, that really need uh, that really need some help. So the, we're going to talk a little bit about their mission, their uh, their organization, and the cool ways you can help them out as well. Also, don't, let me just go ahead and tell you right now: this show brought to you by our friends over at Excalibur Services. Are you feeling a little hot? I tell you, my house was hot last week. I got home from dinner and had just an awful uh, feeling when I walked in, and the whole place felt hot. And the uh, the, the thermostat wouldn't even cut on. It was it you know, it was like not even no no power to it. So I called uh, Ben. I called Ben and the gang over at Excalibur Services, and they uh, they said, okay, we can come out tonight. We can also come out in the morning because it was getting kind of late. And you know, I got to thinking, we've got fans. Um, Let's just do it tomorrow morning because we kind of wanted to go to bed. But they were willing to come out that night if it was going to be too much. So uh, we, they came out the next morning, in, out. They were good to go. They were done. And uh, we we were back in, in you know, in working order. It was it was pretty great. It turned out it, was, it, turned out it was just something simple that tripped a, uh, a failsafe that, that killed the uh, that killed the unit. But they showed my wife exactly how to do everything and exactly what they did. So there was, it was kind of an educational part of it that, that went along with it. But... They're who I trust my family with, and they're who you should trust your home with. It's Excalibur Services, 205-718-8688, 205-718-8688, proud sponsor of the Mark Harvard Podcast. So, lots of news happening about uh, this COVID resurgence. A lot of people that are, are kind of making some different uh, different moves. A lot of people, uh, a lot of organizations having to figure out, okay, what do I do? Because if I don't do anything, then I'm being irresponsible. If I do too much, then I'm kind of being a puppet. So what do I do uh, to address this? Because the uh, the sickness uh, rates are going up. We are seeing an increase in this. So, so what do I do? Well, it's a tightrope. It really is, but I can tell you, college kids have already figured out what they're going to do because a lot of these places on campus have decided that you can only go in if you've been vaccinated, which means on a college campus that that means that the fake immunization card racket is going strong. That's right. You knew what was going to happen. College students are reportedly buying fake vaccine cards so they don't have to get the shot to get back on campus. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sure stories like this tend to be more anecdotal than based in reality. And, you know, they reflect a large number of people. But it's something to keep an eye on, especially because you know there are people who don't want to get the shot, but they also don't want to miss out on anything. They've got this overwhelming FOMO attitude going. And uh, lying about this shot is going to happen for people. So you know what's happening. I don't know that it's as widespread as some of these people are saying, but it's going to happen. 
but it, it's coming out of place at places like New York, where uh, in, in Los Angeles now is considering a proposal to, to require proof of vaccination before you can enter any publicly accessible indoor place. There are stores all over the country that are saying you can't come in without being vaccinated. I have friends that have started posting pictures from the front uh, door of this store. Well, guess I can't go to this place anymore. Okay, I can't go to that place. Not because that they're against the vaccine, but because they don't want they don't like being told. You know, they're afraid of it becoming a uh, you have to have a shot before you can live your life sort of thing. That's what they're afraid of. But uh but yeah, it's 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 a it's a sticky situation for a lot of people. There's no there's no manual. Everyone's kind of figuring it out as they go. So you're going to agree with some people. You're going to disagree with others. You're going to think this person's being too fanatical about it. You're going to think this person's being too lax about it. I mean, in my house, we're actually, we're, we're pretty, uh, there's, we, we kind of have a unique sort of situation with it because our son, he's four years old, and he is on the spectrum. So he goes to a school that addresses those needs. Well, because of the therapy-based nature of his school, they were back pretty quick. I mean, he was only out of school during the during the whole initial lockdown. He was only home for like around a month, and he was back in school. And at his school, they don't wear masks because a lot of kids that are are, are a little are you know, a lot of kids that are on the spectrum, that that's something they just can't do. So the way we've kind of shaped it is we still did things that were outside. We still did things, um, you know, trips and adventures, that sort of thing. So Jack, if we've done our job right, will not remember the, uh, the COVID lockdown. He will not remember the pandemic. He'll, He'll probably remember masks, people wearing masks, but that's, that's where, you know, he, we didn't shut our lives down. And there are some people out there, there are some family members that I have that I'm fairly positive think that we have been reckless. And that's okay. Because we did, we made the uh, the decisions that were best for our family. There are some people that it went on complete lockdown, have instilled a whole new level of anxiety in their children over all these precautions that I think have gone a little far. But you know what? It's their right because they're the parents. I say all this to get to the fact that we're allowed to do what we want and what we feel is right. What a lot of people are upset about and are getting kind of wigged out about is the government telling them that they have to do this a certain way or or shops or or um or or shopkeepers or society tell them they have to do certain a certain things a certain way in order to get to do anything, to go into places, to be a part of society, you have to get this shot. And then that, that wakes them out a little bit. I totally get it. But um, when it comes down to it, I just, I, I feel like um, we should have the freedom. You know, I would like everyone around me to be, to be vaccinated, but I know that's not going to happen. There's no way to regulate that. There's no way to check that. People are going to lie. But I'm just, I'm saying all this, to help you understand if you're one of these people that is, you know, boots in the ground, you know, heels dug in, that everybody has to do exactly what you think they should do, that people on all sides feel exactly as as uh, headstrong as you do. So let's cut each other a little bit of grace, okay? Let's try to be a little understanding about it. Let's try to treat each other with love. And let's try to... Uh, 
Let's try to uh, be grown-ups on this, all right? How about it? Sound good? All right. <laughs> I do have a uh, kind of a grown-up uh, a, a grown story uh, about a black bear. This is interesting. Uh, up in Gatlinburg. My wife and I last weekend were in uh, in, in Tennessee. We were in Chatt- the Chattanooga area. We had a blast. Bebopped around the art district. Um had some good meals, ate at an amazing restaurant called St. John's. Oh, my goodness. I found out I love antelope. I had antelope for dinner. Had it mid-rare with some potatoes, and it was amazing. To the point where we kept making the joke at the rest of the trip that I was on a safari-only diet. I'm only going to eat things that were in the intro sequence of The Lion King. But yeah, we were in we were in Chattanooga. This story comes out of Gatlinburg, though. A black bear wandered into a Gatlinburg restaurant. <laughs> yeah, it actually happened this way. Uh, Crawdaddy's restaurant in Gatlinburg, Tennessee, got to see a black bear close up and personal on Friday. When one wandered into the eatery, the bear was seen casually strolling down a busy street beforehand, and the encounter was brief. The restaurant employee said the bear quickly turned around and left after entering. Whoop. Wrong door. Going to turn around. Uh, naturally, a lot of the people there to witness the the visit busted out their cell phones, so there's video everywhere. But uh, police called to the scene. Bear had already left by the time they arrived. It's uh, pretty interesting, and it's not something that you, you see a lot of. But um, I'm hoping the bear at least stopped by an airbrush T-shirt because you can't go to Gatlinburg without one of those. I mean, did you really go if you don't have the T-shirt? All right, stick around. When we get back, we're going to talk to Suzanne Owens and also Terry Shrimsher. I'm going to get him to tell me how to say his last name. Terry Shrimsher from Sozo Children. You can find more information about them at sozochildren.org. They're up right after the break right here on the Mark Harvard Podcast. The Mark Harvard Podcast. Guys, you know I love talking about all the folks I do business with. And let me tell you, I am thrilled to welcome Excalibur Service Company to the Mark Harvard Podcast. When we moved into our house last year, Ben and the gang came out and checked a bunch of things. And we have since used them for all kinds of electrical work and HVAC stuff that nobody wants me attempting. (laughs) That's who I trust my family to for HVAC and electrical work work and you should trust them as well go to excaliburservice.com or call them at 205-718-8688 that's 205-718-8688 tell them you heard about them right here on the mark harvard podcast it's excalibur service company summer's here and it is time to update that summer wardrobe with some merch from the mark harvard podcast go to markharvardcreative.com right now and click the store link to go get t-shirts, polos, bags, and hats with the Mark Harvard Podcast logo on them. You can also pick up our famous Jesus Soundwave design featuring the audio sound wave of the name Jesus. All that and so much more found at markharvardcreative.com today. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and online at markharvardcreative.com. The Mark Harvard Podcast. We are back. It is the Mark Harvard Podcast. Once again, this segment brought to you by Excalibur Services. They're who I trust for my family's heating and cooling and electrical service. You should, too. Uh, give them a call. You can find their number over on the Mark Harvard Podcast Facebook page. All right. I mentioned before the break, we are joined by some cool folks that do some amazing th- things for some kids in Uganda. It's 
uh, Suzanne and Terry, they're from Sozo Children. You can get more information over at sozochildren.org. But, but thanks for joining me this morning, guys. I appreciate it. Well, thanks for having us. Thank you so much. All right, Suzanne. Uh, I've known Suzanne for quite some time. Uh, uh, we met a minute ago. <laughs> I say a minute completely under underselling that uh, I've known Suzanne for a while and I've known about her heart for ministry and how and how she uh, just when, it, when she sets her sights on something she makes something happen that's always amazing uh, tell me about Sozo how did how did Sozo get started absolutely thank you so about 11 years ago we had a couple of young men that had grown up through our youth program um, where I was a youth pastor and they wanted to do some long-term missions. So we actually had a missionary living in our home from Uganda, Africa, and he suggested that they come over and help with a church website and then also play in a church band. So they decided to spend nine months in Uganda doing those things. And we said, don't do anything else, but <laughs> Once they got over there, they were taken to um, a poorly run um, children's home and found out that the kids weren't eating three to five days at a time. And so they called back and said, we need to feed them. So we would send money over for food. They would call back and say, we went back over there. They took the food away from them. So I said, well, why don't you take the food and let them cook it and you watch them eat it to make sure they're eating it. And so they did this a few times. And then kind of the defining moment was when they went to take some of the younger kids out to grab like a juice and some bread and they saw that one of the little child's feet were really raw and so they asked the translator to ask her why her feet were so raw and she said because i do not bathe the rats eat on my feet at night oh man and yeah so they called me back and they were like suze you're not going to believe this and of course that night the lord was just like okay you're gonna open children's homes where you're you have missionary friends. And I was like, nope, not going to happen. So <laughs> 11 years later, we, we have children's homes. So. <laughs> well, that's what you get. I mean, telling God, no, what are you? <laughs> God's like, yeah, you are. Anyway. <laughs> so you've got, you've got a number of them. You've got one over here in the States, right? And then. We did. Um, okay. So we opened Sozo in Uganda that May of 2010. And then six months later, we opened another home in Montana and that one stayed open for about six months. And there was a lot of issues um, with just some government stuff and um, with Native Americans. So luckily we had missionaries out in Montana that kind of still stayed on the path and then they were able to get foster care for a lot of those kids that were in our house and some of those kids now have been adopted by those missionaries so a um, little bit more red tape on this side of the world than there was in uganda so uganda is the only place mm -hmm. we are right now um, although we're praying about where our next place will be and then uh, we have 130 kids in uganda that we care for right wow. now wow so what is the biggest need when it comes to these kids? Um, well, prayers first and foremost, that's always the best, just that we, you know, we lean and trust on God so much to, to give us wisdom and discernment on how to lead. But luckily we've got some incredible Ugandan leaders over there. And, and actually, um, most people think, oh, they're in Africa, so you don't need a lot of money. Well, 
when you start building houses and and facilities and then you also have to pay for you know about 38 staff people and then you pay for them to go to private schools and you pay for the best medical care and the best food obviously it's resources you know just um to to be able to allow them to to thrive and to grow up and and be discipled so terry i know you're terry's on the line with us as well terry um what brought you into sozo um, well, I've just had a, a heart for um, ministry for quite a while, and when I met Suzanne and, and, the, and the team there, they, they asked me to come on board, and, and so I, I joined on, and right before COVID hit, back in, in December 2019 is when I came on board, and I'm in charge of the, uh, the children's choir tours and also in mission trips to Uganda. Okay, that, that's right. I forgot about the children's choir. That's, the, the, you guys uh, tour around uh, and do and, and perform uh, different different music, right? Yes, they, they, they go around, they sing um, mostly praise and worship songs and some African songs as well, and we'll tour about 10 to 12 states usually, about 100 shows. Wow. All right. I, I'd forgotten all about that. That's right. Um, and, and the whole time, each one of these shows is uh, is supposed to be, uh, is raising funds, right, for Sozo? Right. We'll perform at churches free of charge, and they usually just donate um, uh, or take up a love offering, and we, we'll also have um, souvenirs in the lobby. For people who are interested in taking a little a little piece of the um, Sozo experience home with them, and so they can see a little bit and learn a little bit about the African culture as well from these kids, and they're you know they're usually about between the ages of seventeen, I mean seven and fourteen. Okay, all right. So, say someone listening has a heart to to help out. Um, and, and this is for, for either one of you. Uh, someone has has a heart to help out. How can they help Sozo uh, help these kids? Oh goodness. Um, well, first and foremost, we we have a sponsorship program. And I think what really sets Sozo apart is just the relationship. We love that that our sponsors get to have a relationship with the kids that they sponsor. So that's an easy way. It's like, you know, I'm sure there's a, a lot of, mo- of sponsorship programs out there, but it's where you would pay $35 a month and you are able to sponsor this child to you know, get all the things that they need. Um, so that's an easy way. And we also, Terry can tell you, we take teams over there so they can actually go meet the child that they sponsor, which is really an exciting thing to do. But um, we have a thrift store in Avondale, which is really cool. Um, it's like an upscale thrift store. So you're going to go in and it's going to be more like a department store with different departments and things like that. So we have so many people that they love to come and shop at the thrift store. And that's a great way because the money that they make through the thrift store goes back to our ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, we do several events every year. We do a 5k run in the spring. We have some golf tournaments and we have our annual dinner coming up in September. Um, so, you know, just multiple ways that, that people can get involved. Okay. Tell me a little bit more about the dinner that's coming up on September the 9th, right? Absolutely. We're going to have it at the club this year. We're really excited about being back. We have an incredible silent and live auction. And the fun thing about that is we found a platform where you can do it through your phone and you can bid on your phone and it's really fun. So you don't have to keep running back and signing the paper. You can actually sit and just kind of know when you've been outbid, which is, you know, I think it's like a psychological thing. I'm like, no, you're not going to outbid me. So I've got to, I've got to bid more, you know, but anyway, it's really fun. We have a lot of great items that are donated that are real fun to get. And and then the dinner this year, we're actually going to be celebrating our sponsors that have been sponsoring our kids for the last 
10 plus years. So we're just going to honor them that night and really have some cool videos from our kids and, and just a testament to what God's done over the last 11 years through Sozo. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, and people can get tickets to that over at uh, sozochildren.org. Absolutely. All right. I'm, yeah, I'm actually looking at at the page right now. That's how I had all the details. You put it all out there on the interwebs. So, so what would you say has been one of the most uh, personal rewarding parts of of being involved with these kids? Oh my goodness, um, so many. But I think just the love and just my faith deepening in Christ. Just seeing Him just come through and you know we we're so we think so many times miracles only happen back in jesus time but we've mm -hmm. just seen so many miracles through these kids and through this ministry that it just really truly just deepens your faith just to know that god is still in the miracle business and still wants a hope for all of his children no matter where they are terry same question <laughs> um there's been so many you know, blessings along the way, just getting to know the kids, the ones who came up here on the choir tour last time. But then, you know, um, leading teams over there to Uganda has been amazing because, you know, you don't know what to expect. I had a team that went in March that there was there were nine people on the team and six of them had never flown on a plane before. And mm -hmm. so they picked a, a really long first flight. But then when they get there, you, you step out and, and their whole perspective on the world changes. And you just kind of see God working in their lives and showing them that, 7,000 miles from home, there's going to be Christians there and people who are looking to you to walk in faith alongside you. And it just changes everybody's perspective once you once you walk on the ground over there. Yeah, I've, I've seen that, uh, or found that once people actually see with their own eyes uh, the conditions that they're dealing with and some of the uh, the things that are uh, are making life just unbearable over there or, or in any area that's like that, it becomes real and it becomes kind of a part of you and it kind of it becomes a god nudge there it, uh, okay okay i have it in my power i can i can help with this i should help with this this is what i'm supposed to be doing exactly yeah and, and then um you know people will get over there and they'll see the smiling faces and they'll realize that these kids are happy and they have what in our perspective would be nothing but they have everything they need and God provides for them. And then you learn more from them, I think, sometimes than they learn from you in the process. That is awesome. So, okay, let, let's go through, uh, before we before we cut out of here, let's go through one more time. How can someone get involved? Uh, what are the different ways someone can uh, can help support Sozo? Terry, you want to do that? Sure, I can do that. Um, <laughs> well, obviously, you can come on a trip and go to Uganda with me. Um, you can um, also get the choir in your church. We'd love to come perform and and, um, and meet everybody there wherever you are. And you can find me at choir at sozochildren.org. And um, I'd be glad to set that up for you. You can shop at the store and you can sponsor a child and you can do that right there on our website. And the store is really cool, guys. I've actually, I've been in there a few times and, and Suzanne's right. I mean, it's not like a normal thrift store because you find things that are at a different level than what you would find at, at a thrift store, at a true thrift store. Um, you can really find some cool stuff there, so go check that out. It's in the heart of Avondale. Um, right down um, right down from where um, Avondale Brewery uh, and Saturn and all that area is, right down from that. I'm sorry? 41st Street. Yes, thank you. Thank you for that. Okay, so Suzanne, Terry, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. I appreciate it. Thank, thank you for having us. All right, if there's anything else we can do here at the podcast, 
let me know. We're happy to help uh, with with whatever you need. Um, Stick around. More coming up. It's the Mark Harvard Podcast. Stick around. The Mark Harvard Podcast. Old Horde Lumiere Candle Company has been with the Mark Harvard Podcast since the very beginning. And let me tell you how happy we are. You can get all kinds of scents, guys, to make your house smell great. And they aren't just your frou-frou floral stuff. Guys can get candles like bourbon or leather, and they come in these really cool glass containers. Check them out. Everything they've got is at owlcandlecompany.com. And tell them I sent you. It's Old World Lumineer Candle Company. It's the Mark Harvard Podcast. There's a lot of people that are going to bang their hands on the desk and be real angry and stuff. What we're going to do is find the ways that God is working in all of this trouble and turmoil. Who knew that optimism could sound so sarcastic? We'll go over history, we'll go over the news of the day, and I'm probably going to make some jokes about 80s cartoons. The Mark Harvard Podcast. You never know what you're going to get, but if you don't listen, you don't get anything. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, MeWe, and online at markharvardcreative.com. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and online at markharvardcreative.com. The Mark Harvard Podcast. We are back. We are back. We are back. It is the Mark Harvard Podcast. Thanks again to the gang from sozochildren.org. You can find out more about them, sozochildren.org. And uh, also, don't forget to go by and uh, see how you can uh, be a part of helping them out by going to their shop. That's over in the Avondale area. Go check that out. It's uh, Sojo, Sozo Clothing. Get, find some cool stuff there. It's it's really it's a really neat place. Go back check that out. That does it for me. Before I get out of here, I want to share this with you. There's a uh, I mentioned we, my, my wife and I went to Chattanooga this past weekend, and we missed this place, and I hate it because I want to go back now. The Chattanooga Library is letting kids check out guitars through a new music program. I know, right? It's called the Noise Closet at the library. It allows local high school students and card holders between the ages of 10 and 17 to check out musical instruments like guitars, drums, and keyboards. The The program was created by a partnership between the Chattanooga Girls Rock Organization and the Lindhurst Foundation. Through the program, students can check out their instruments for two weeks at a time and are able to renew for up to a month. They can get a guitar, a drum set, the longest two weeks of a parent's life, right there. <laughs> oh, that does it for me. I am out of here. Don't forget, next week we are going to be welcoming in Sharman uh, uh, Rutherford. She is a counselor for all things, uh, all things new counseling services. She's a Christian counselor, and I've known Sharman for a while. She is awesome, and we're going to be talking about anxiety in the age of COVID. Um, how you can deal with that, some different ways, different tactics you can use to kind of lift your head above that. We're going to talk about with, talk about, about that with her next week on the show. And then the next week, uh, my, our old friend Stephanie, uh, our old friend Stephanie Plum is going to be back in with us to hang out with us. So we got a, a really cool couple of weeks coming up. So so uh, stick around for that. Uh, once again, thanks to the gang from Sozo for hanging out this afternoon. And I will talk to you later. I'm Mark Harvard. It's the Mark Harvard Podcast, and I'm out. The Mark Harvard Podcast.